J360 Legion, and welcome to another Cyclone Saturday special here on J360 Radio. I'm your host, Jay, of course, and we're going to do something a little different this Saturday. As a matter of fact, we're going to be turning back the clock to the Eagles parade that happened about two weeks ago. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we had this episode finished for you all, but the thing is, when we went on hiatus, we didn't finish editing it at time. So, you know, that's kind of my bad, because you see I was working on the J-Man Show double special. You know how it goes around here. But the thing about it is, we have it set and ready for you all. It's going to be a special extended episode, but the thing about it is, is because we were moving on from football for a little bit and going into basketball, so we'll be back with all new episodes next week. But for right now, though, just sit back with me and let's turn back the clock. The Eagles just won the Super Bowl, and you couldn't tell a Philadelphia fan anything. Wow, right? What what a wild week, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's been a... It's been... Yeah, no doesn't, doubt about that one, man. Doesn't doesn't feel like it, man. <laughs> it, it's it, I'm still wrapping around the situation. I know it's Thursday, and I, wow, you know. Yeah. Hey, how was it out there tonight? Uh, it wasn't too bad, you know. There was a lot of people there. Uh huh. But um, luckily, I, I have a cousin that that works at or was a the general manager at Capital Grill, so. We went to uh, the Capitol Grill that was on, uh, is it Broad Street? Mm. And uh, we were able to stand in there or sit in there instead of being out in the cold. But we were we got there around 6.30 a.m. So at that point, it was pretty cold. And we had to wait for the police to open the door for us. Mm. Wow. That's... A few hours. The crowds kept building. You know. Did they come in waves or did they come like one person at a time? How'd it go? Uh, they kind of came in waves, I'd say. One of the interesting things was they had drones dropping gifts with parachutes. It was interesting. Oh, that sounds beautiful, man. Yeah. Is it, wait, is it just us today? Um, No, I'm trying to get out, but you know what? I wouldn't be surprised after that, that video I made where I said, um, look at this. Teams nobody cares about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I was having some fun. Not the nicest thing to do. Ah, uh, never. But hey, that little Bills hat was sitting right there, and I was like, wow. We actually sell these? I, I, I was blown away, you know? But all those uh, New York hats was something. <laughs> that was hilarious. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> I mean, I guess McAdoo is really a problem for them. Uh, no kidding, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing you bring that up. People were upset that McAdoo got hired by the Giants and not the Eagles. And uh, look who ended up winning the Super Bowl, and look who ended up getting fired midseason. Uh, <laughs> that's why sometimes you got to be careful what you say. Now, I might throw up a couple of memes and do some taunts, but usually that's after the game. <laughs> yeah. Because you never know. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of want to bring up the Super Bowl real quick. Is that okay, or am I, I jumping the gun here? Well, that's fine, dude. That's what it's all about today. All right. So, uh, first, I want to bring something up, and I'm not even sure if anybody even remembers this. Mm-hmm. Back in 2013, it actually might have even been before that. It might have been Foles' rookie season. Man, I was shooting off at the mouth about how I thought he was going to be the next great thing in Philly and how he was going to be the one to win the Super Bowl. And people were looking at me like I had two heads. And I'm like, I'm telling you, this guy's going to be good. He's going to be good. And in the season that he won 27-2, and two, and uh, you know, I'm saying it, and the people are still looking at me, scratching their head like, like I'm an idiot. Like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, um, I just remember 
my senior year of college, I'm just, you know, telling all these people this, and they're just laughing at me pretty much. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm telling you, he's gonna be the one that wins, the, you know, wins the Super Bowl for the Eagles. And then, you know, he had that bad season. He got traded. The next season, he got traded to the Rams, and then that didn't work out. And then I'm like, all right, I guess I was wrong, you know. And then, yeah, I had rooted for him. Then when the Chiefs got him, he got to play that one game. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be a good game, you know, because people, I don't know why people are so down on him, right? Mm-hmm. So when. The Eagles had signed him last offseason. I was really excited. Nobody could understand why. I'm like, I'm telling you, you know, I know he's going to be a backup, but if Wentz goes down, he's going to be good, you know? Yes, sir. And when, yeah. And when they kept him over McGloin, even though he didn't have a preseason and, you know, he was injured and everybody was making a big stink about that, I'm, I'm still, like, happy about it. I'm like, I'm glad they did. Like, I wanted the Eagles to keep him and not McGloin. You know, and all along, you know, there's so many doubters, right? Mm-hmm. He comes in, and his first couple of games just don't look good. And I'm like, dang, like I guess he really regressed that much, right? Right. But then you know, so I'm hearing, you know, these reports where he really hadn't had any time to practice with the team. Really, he didn't have an off season, and the backup quarterback really doesn't do much practicing with the first stringers during the season. Exactly. Right. So I'm hearing there's reports that Doug Peterson's looking at these old game films from when he was with Chip Kelly and when he had that monster season. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, you know, not only is Doug Peterson taking the time to actually go back and see what works, which is huge for a coach to actually do that because not every coach is going to do that. I think that's, yeah. And and that's one thing that I think separates Doug Peterson from a lot of other coaches out there. Mm -hmm. Then he's able to pull a game plan pretty much to get Foles comfortable and get him where he needed to be. And I remember, and I brought this up last week, you know, talking about during the NFC championship that I would have taken Keenum over Foles. At that point in time, I had said that because, you know, I didn't know how he was going to hold up, you know, with with not much time playing and knowing that Keenum had kind of went the whole season pretty much. And, you know, you're in the NFC championship game and you hadn't had that much time all season. And Keenum had had a monster game the week before where Foles kind of conservative safe game against the Falcons. He didn't lose it, obviously. But, you know, but then Foles came out and he had that monster game against the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm like, you know what? He's going to come out and he's going to crush it in the Super Bowl. And he did. And he, he did. <laughs> He outdueled Tom Brady. He outdueled the so-called goat. And you know what? That, to me, was a beautiful thing. That was like a dream come true because I was also, a few seasons ago, saying how badly I wanted the Eagles to get Alshon Jeffries. So when they got him, uh, when they got him, I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. It was almost almost like uh, a deja vu of, like, you know, this this, – imaginary like fantasy team that I'd wanted the Eagles to be and there they were playing in the Super Bowl it was almost like a dream I don't even know how to explain it and then they come out and the offense is clicking on all cylinders the defense though was scary because they weren't really they they couldn't stop the Patriots you know but then when it mattered when it came to the time where it really mattered they stepped up and you look at who made that that big play at the end of the game, Brandon Graham mm-hmm. knocking that ball out of Brady's hands, sealing it, and 
I mean, it was just it was just one of those games where you could look back at it ten years from now and you could watch that game every day forever, and they would still feel the same because every part of that was beautiful. Everything about that team this year was just playing amazing. It was just playing amazing. It was just. You know, you look at Chris Long playing the entire season without making any money because it was all going to charity. Mm-hmm. You, you look at players like Blunt, who came from the Patriots, who everybody thought was like a sure thing. But he, you know, he said, you know, screw that. Apparently he had an offer from the Giants, too, and he chose the Eagles over the Giants. And you're getting players like Torrey Smith and Alshon Jeffrey and just all these all these really good players they're getting this year, you know, and... It wasn't just that they were talented. I don't even know how they pulled this part off, but to have players that talented and yet that selfless for these players to have played like a true team and to play for each other instead of just for themselves. I mean, even when you look at a receiver position, you look on most teams, you know, the receivers are these glitzy guys. They're all like showy. They're all me, me, me's. And you look at the Eagles and they have these great receivers now and they're not me 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 not all hey look at me it's no let's just make this play it's about us it's about the team winning yep it's actual team ball over there and they they were doing it for us they said yep this is for the philadelphia fans young and old i mean everything that you know i wanted the um god just everything i wanted the sixers to be like when you know when they went back to the older logo and stuff like that you know like when all the all-stars weren't trying to take up spots and stuff. That's what I want. I want team ball like that. Yeah. And they had a strong supporting cast and a great coaching system. I mean, but, yeah, around that third quarter, it was kind of scary, dude. Like, whew. That's why I had that picture up of, like, all of us looking like all to be damn because I know it was a nail-biter. I know anybody that's sitting there saying, oh, I knew they were going to win the whole time was a liar because that was scary after a while. You know, I said something during the game. Oh, yeah, what you say? The- because I could see my my dad and my dad's cousin and my friend John. Actually, John not so much, but my, my dad and my dad's cousin just started getting down on the Eagles when the Patriots started kind of catching up. And I said, you know, it's funny because if we were looking at it from the other angle and we were Patriots fans, the scores were, and the Patriots had this score as opposed to the Eagles and they were winning by this much, mm-hmm. we'd still believe that the Patriots were going to win this. But here we go. We got the Eagles up by a few points, and we're scared that the Patriots are going to win, even though the Eagles were up. And then the the Patriots had a lead for like what, you know, a few minutes, and you know everybody thought, oh, that's it, that's doomed for the Eagles. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, why do we even think that way? Look at how they've been playing. I go back to something that Ike Reese had said a few months back when, you know, Wentz was still in there. Reese was saying that the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, kind of like, oh, I don't know. They kind of like, they didn't want to get ahead of themselves because they didn't want to, you know, you didn't want to go through the pain of, you know, if they get their hopes up and then losing them. He said, look, you're going to hurt either way. Why don't you just enjoy it and believe that they're going to win? That's right. There and they're going to get it. And that changed my thinking on it. I'm like, you know what? That's right. You know, because regardless of if, if I believe that they're going to win or if I believe that they're going to lose, either way, 
if they lose that game, it's going to suck. And if they win that game, it's going to be great. So I'm going to live in the moment. And I'm going to believe that they can win it. Yep. And they came out. And then fourth quarter. Yep. Zach Ertz got a nice touchdown, which Chris Collinsworth was. Uh, Wasn't he time. like the biggest jerk the whole time? I was like, wow. I mean, just like when I thought he couldn't be a more bigger, you know, shill for the Patriots. He was. Every bit about him. I was like, gee, you couldn't get Tony Romo for this, you know, to go ahead and just... Somebody that's actually unbiased and actually talks about the game rather than go ahead and talk about... Now, there's a guy that there's a guy. (laughs) Yeah, you know, about Chris Collinsworth, I didn't dislike him before. I remember a friend of mine just complaining about him and saying about his commentary and the way it is, and I'm just like, oh, I never really noticed it. Mm -hmm. But in that Super Bowl... Oh, I noticed it, and it was one of the most annoying things. It was a beautiful game by the Eagles, but it had that little tarnish on it from him being the commentator. And it's it's funny because that whole game, even as an Eagles fan, I was hoping for Tony Romo to be the commentator. Uh, I, uh, Tony Romo, former Dallas Cowboys quarterback, I'd rather hear on there than Chris Collinsworth, but for good reason. Anyway, he seems so biased, like so much more for the Patriots than the Eagles. And it, it was just ridiculous. I don't know how he even has that job. Because from my understanding, as a commentator, you're supposed to be completely unbiased. You would think, right? Because, but then again, you, you realize he's color commentator and, you know, they, they do whatever they want to do. He ain't really had no leg to stand on after a while, especially when the Ertz catch happened and the Clements catch, and then, of course, the the Philly special. He always had yeah. something to say, and I was like, dude, they're legal catches. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I, I will say this, though. Local stations, though, I guess they can be a little bit biased because it's a local thing, but that was a national thing. You know, it's one where the commentators really shouldn't be taking sides. But that Ertz catch was clearly a catch. And the Clement catch, what did the ball move, like, slightly? And, like, everybody's making a big deal about it. Like, oh, he didn't catch it. It's like, come on, man. How do you not call that a catch? Like, that was clearly, he had it in his arms. It looked like, if anything, he moved it over to the one arm so he could brace for the fall. Mm-hmm. Just looking back at it, that was the only thing that really tarnished the game for me. Oh, yeah. He he had significant control, man. I mean, the thing about it is it's like they forgot that even Ertz broke plane. And it was like, are you serious right now? And, of course, you and I were going to be hearing about, well, you know, Des Bryant did the same thing. Uh, Just James did the same thing. Uh, we're going to hear that all next season. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but a catch is a catch. Yeah. So, you know, ain't nothing they can do about it. But, you know, the thing is, I, I have faith in my team. I mean, one way or another, history was going to be made. I mean, they'll probably get that sixth ring, but they weren't going to get it off of us. They could have, but they didn't. And the thing is, is that we got our one. We got the keys to the club. We the Super Bowl champions. And I know it hurts some of them to say, but 2018 Super Bowl champs, Philadelphia Eagles. You got to have to deal with it. 50, yeah. what, how many years in the making? 53 or 52? Something like that. What can you say in 52? Yeah, obviously, yeah, 52. Yeah. Super Bowl 52. 
<laughs> 52. <laughs> there you go. 52 years in the mix. See, I, I think I kind of went a step ahead, but, you know, I wouldn't mind us going back again. I mean, as long as we get that strong core and everything, we should be all right. You know, of course, we have to deal with the, I think the Chiefs are going to activate Patrick Mahomes, so I definitely got them on my top five list. Which I'll probably wait until next week because I would like all of us to go ahead and do our top five, and then we got to go ahead and give basketball its love. But you know, it's good that you and I are here to talk about the big game. I mean, it was wow. Like this is a game where I didn't even pay attention to no Super Bowl commercials. I can't really remember if that was a halftime show or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was so into the game, I was like, hey, let's 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 win this, man. Let's do this. And we in our 30s, man, and we finally saw it. Yeah. Um, hey, man, but my dad's over 60. He's 61, and he finally got to see it. And that's a victory for him, too, man. I mean, actually, don't you have an uncle that was about the Eagles' life, too? Yeah, he passed away uh, back in 2008. Actually, all my uncles are, but my uncle Jim, it was his birthday. Um, the night of the Super Bowl. That was his birthday, and he had passed away in 2008. So, you know, it was big because they won on his on his birthday. And, you know, for my cousins, you know, they were talking about that throughout the week, and my dad was talking about that because, you know, it's kind of special. He always wanted to see them win, and what do you know, they win on his birthday. I mean, that's that, see, that's history. That's That's beautiful. R.I.P. Yeah. to him, by the way. Yeah. I, I like it when the family achieves something, too. Like, me and my older brother, though, dude, we acted like fools that whole night. If you think about it. <laughs> like, he had on the uh, Flexor Cox mask and everything talking. I was like, man, I know that's crazy as hell right now, but I'm wearing my crap, too. <laughs> we were having a, a ball about it. He's like, how you feeling today, little brother? I said, I'm feeling damn, damn good. <laughs> Feel like a champ, really. <laughs> yeah yeah man shoot like it, it was one of the best Super Bowls I've ever seen in a, in a while man you know like 51 was meh 50 I really didn't care for um ending out on the 40 s- series was okay but this this was really good this actually felt like a game it didn't feel like you know an overhyped media mess and all that kind of stuff you know like some people are like oh I love the commercials and all that crazy stuff no this actually felt like a legitimate Super Bowl game. I mean, think about it. A young team, a young Eagles team against a strong... Um, now, they'll probably say whatever they say about the defense having issues on the Patriots side, which they did to a point. But the thing about it is, they're a veteran team. It was exactly like, if I can make a strong similarity here, it was like Rocky 1 and 2 combined in that whole thing. And it made sense. Yeah. You know, um, what... What I'm going to get a lot of humor out of oh, yeah? is, is fans that are probably going to say that the Eagles only won because the Patriots didn't play Butler. But let me uh, let me just say to those people, well, the Eagles beat you without Wentz. The Eagles beat you without Jason Peters. The Eagles beat you without Jordan Hicks. The Eagles beat you without Caleb Sturgis and Darren Sproles and Maragos. Shoot, you could even make the case... And I don't know, maybe this is a little early to say that, but Sidney Jones was supposed to be his big name. So, the, you know what? The Eagles beat you without Sidney Jones. Exactly. So, let's let's compare this one player to all the players that the Eagles didn't have. And then tell me 
about how you want to cry foul to the fact that instead of using Butler, Bill Belichick used the guy who he felt like gave him a better chance to win. Mm-hmm. I don't know why our win would take the piss out of the Patriots. I mean, they got a fistful of rings. One from us. We got our our ring and our win from them. Full circle. Yeah. It's interesting. But then again, they're going to talk about our fan base now. Considering how the uh, media market is in Philadelphia, of course we're going to get exploited for our craziness. But I guarantee if we were all about that CBS media market that's up there in uh, Massachusetts, you would see exactly all of those New England Patriots fans acting up. Yeah, of course. You know, it's like any any look, if anything, Mark, I'm sure you've noticed, anytime that you beat out a fan base of over ten people or so in any sort of media or pop culture, there's some toxicity in that fan base. <laughs> I mean, all of them do. You know, because you got a lot of group of people there. You got the ones that paint their face. You got the ones that drink and smoke and, well, we shouldn't really talk about what people do at night, but still at the same time, you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, people forget a lot of the times because, you know, they want to give Philly fans a bad rep, but, you know, there's fans for every team that are just Mm. as bad. I mean, the Vikings fans were such big crybabies over losing that NFC championship. I'd rather have the fan base that's passionate enough to go out there and kick some butt than one that's going to cry because their team lost and make a big deal about it and have people pretend to be Uber drivers or get hired by Uber to take fans of the opposing team to wrong locations. I mean, come on, man. Hey, wait, that actually happened? No, there was a... They were trying to get people to do that. Uh, they were, I think, like a radio station or something like that. Vikings fans had this big thing where they were getting other Vikings fans to get jobs with Uber so that they could take Eagles fans to the wrong locations. Oh my God! Like, yeah, they were just—I don't even—I don't even know how to put it. Just looking at that, the way that they reacted, and then people want to say that the Eagles had the worst fans. I mean, come on, man! Like, and I'm not trying to sit here. And, and and say that all their fans are bad because I know they're not, you know, just well, like not, obviously. yeah, not all Philly fans are like that either, you know, like, I mean, we're two good, innocent guys, right? By the way, hiding my crowbar, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I did when they won? What'd you do? I sat at home with my dad. That's what I did. I enjoyed it. I didn't start no crap on anybody. I didn't bash on anybody else. And I, I believe me and you even had our little discussion where I was saying, oh, "Why man. talk that?" You think others? I was? You think I was serious about that whole thing? I knew what the hell I was doing. because <laughs> yeah, for me, I see people on on social media when their team wins, they just start bashing on the other team, and and it was one thing I always kind of questioned because for me, the way that I always kind of look at it now is I want my team to say that they beat the better team. Well, not well that they were the better team, but that they beat a good team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of trashing the other teams, I say, well, look, the other team was good, but we were better. That's about right. So, you know, just like I can say, the other fans were good, but we were better. Yeah. Hey, but you know, um, what's funny is that remember when that game was happening and people were legitimately scared of it? Like, they were so scared of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. 
Like, like they, like there were people that were just sitting there, and their anxiety was on high, and they're like, "Oh, the Eagles are gonna lose. The Eagles are gonna lose. The Eagles go." I'm just like, "What? The game didn't you know, happen yet." You know why though? The Vikings were a really good team. Actually, I believe that the Vikings were a better team than the Patriots. Oh, but yeah. To me, the Vikings were a bigger test than the Patriots. The only thing with the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Was just just the way that the game always kind of went for them, and with the refs and everything, and their comeback last year, and their comeback you know, against the Seahawks and all that. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing that worried me about the Patriots. But the Vikings, I could say they were a legit better team than the Patriots were. The Vikings were scary in that sense. Then there comes the part where, you know, all the hype and stuff like that. Now, I don't know if I ever told you this, but sometimes I turn it off. Like, I don't even watch some of that pre-stuff. I mean, it sounds good, don't get me wrong, but, you know, some people, they have to go through the angle, they have to sell this media one way or another, or they got to go ahead and talk about all that wild stuff. It's fun to think about, but then there's times where it's like, you know what, I just want to see the game play out. And when the game played out, I was like, all right, well, at the end of all this stuff, Cousin John acting as simple as usual, let me go ahead and talk to him for a minute. Hey, oh, by the way, speaking of him, the latest entry in that saga, he was wearing an Eagles jersey at the end of the <laughs> But you see, yeah, yeah, throughout most of the, my, oh, dude, my family is crazy. But you know, everybody's is, but he, he wild, dude. He was wearing a Patriots um, jersey and a hat and everything else like that. He said, I'm a fan for the day. And I said, so you're renting all of that? That looks like it hurts. <laughs> Guess what we won, right? All of a sudden, he had a picture up there with him wearing the alternative black Eagles jersey and an Eagles hat said, fly, Eagles, fly. I was like, oh, come on. You know you're not about that life. Wow. <laughs> and he fell out laughing, too. And I was like, man, you crazy. Oh, God. But you see, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I mean, there's a lot of people out there like that. You know, they're not Patriots fans, but they're not Eagles fans. So at the end of the day, they try to use transparency to be about that life. And you'll know the ones. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I've been an Eagles fan my entire life. Like, when I was a kid, my dad always had me in Eagles jackets and all that. And, you know, obviously it wasn't until probably my teens when I really started understanding football. Like, in fact, if I played football, like, as a kid, but I didn't really see, like, professional football in the same way until I was a teenager. That's when I really got strong, like, real strong into it. But this year, like, I didn't put out a whole bunch of Eagle stuff. I haven't, and it's not because I wasn't supporting the team. It was just, like, I've never been real showy with that. There's been times where I'll, you know, wear Eagles gear here and there. I have an Eagles mug and stuff like that. But a, a friend of mine had said to me, he said, oh, I'm surprised your place isn't all decked out. And I'm like, well, I don't really do that too much. Uh, and he said, well, if you do it after the Super Bowl, they're all going to think, you know, oh, look at this jerk. You know, he's doing that because they won the Super Bowl. And I'm like, well, I mean, people want to think that that's fine, but I probably won't do it then either. You know, I'm, I'm still going to have, you know, I got, I went out and bought the Eagles championship shirt. But the only reason I'm like that is because people who know me know that I'm a big fan of the Eagles. Yeah. And you don't have to be showy like that. You don't have to do like what EDP does on YouTube or anything. Yeah. Like how you handle the fandom, remember, that's always a golden rule with me. Like how you handle the fandom is entirely up to you. Now, yep. I don't see the whole reason of eating dog crap or committing grand larceny or the purge, but you know how you handle it is entirely up to you. Yeah, some uh, some Eagles fans did some uh, some questionable things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know what? That's our brethren right there. <laughs> Look around. 
Yep. Uh, I can only imagine what what your taste buds would be like after all that. That's like, uh, you know, you do you, bro. <laughs> uh-uh. Had it my way, I'd be chatting up the Eagles cheerleaders, but I know you'd be over there too, Mr. Man. <laughs> that, that, that's what it would be like. I'm pleading the fifth on that one. Uh-huh. You, 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 you can't deny it. When opportunity presents itself, we're going to be as professional as possible about this. That's just how it goes. Because we got some we got some beautiful girls, man. That's all I got to say. I saw them up there doing their thing. I was like, that's right, ladies. We all won today. <laughs> oh, man. But you know what, though? Uh, yeah, they're they going to say whatever they want to say about us, man. One, we're Eagles fans, and two, because we're the champs now. So that's just how it's going to go. I can't wait till like, um, the Dallas fans come out of nowhere. And I'm like this. You saw my post where I said, I was like, hey, give us our dues or forever remain butthurt. Because all NFC East are now champs. Yep. And not a lot of not a lot of divisions can say that. Like, there's still a lot of teams that actually didn't make even a Super Bowl appearance or a Super Bowl win. Now, um... In terms of wins, however, you know, like, for our respected guy, Allen, okay? Like, you know, the Bills went to the Super Bowl. They didn't win. However, the Browns have yet to make an appearance and such. So I think that the Browns are actually going to be something to look out for. You know, I I hope so. I'd really like to see the Browns um, pick it up next season. Mm -hmm. You know, and I want to give you, you know, a little bit of a perspective that you may or may not like. So... Nick Foles. Right. Clearly a great quarterback. Super Bowl MVP. Eagles, though, are Wentz's team. And although I know, like, Foles is humble, Foles would probably love to stay with the Eagles even as just a backup. Mm-hmm. But in reality, football's a business. Yeah. And right now, Nick Foles is a hot commodity on a team who's another quarterback's team. Yeah. The Browns need a quarterback. Even if they're going to try to work with Kaiser, they need a quarterback. And the Eagles, well, right now, they're probably going to want to make a deal. I mean, right now, the market on Nick Foles is probably the highest that it's ever going to be. Yeah. That's so harsh reality right there, but yeah. So there's a good chance I think he's going to get traded. And it could could be the Browns. Personally, I'd like to see him go to a team like the Broncos because I think he would have a better chance of succeeding with the Broncos. Mm. Or uh, who else needs a quarterback? I mean, there's a few teams, but I think the Broncos are probably the most likely to actually, with a good quarterback, be able to get into the playoffs. The Browns, I still think they have a few more pieces they need to get, and maybe they'll get them this offseason. Maybe. Um, but you don't go 0 and 16 and believe that you have plenty of pieces. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that that's that's gonna need some work. Cause you know what I would like them to do? See, the Baltimore Ravens talk a lot of mess, and as they should. But keep in mind, if it wasn't for no Cleveland Browns, it wouldn't be no Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So, like, I would love to see them square off and everything. And, by the way, they were talking some serious trash, too, when we were playing against the New England Patriots. They are like, the Patriots are our rival. The Patriots are about us. I'm like, they don't even know who you guys are until they face you. <laughs> it was like, I was like, if anything, your rivals really should be either the Steelers or the Browns, and you know better. Boy, after I said that, he ain't said nothing back. 
definitely want to see the Browns come on and, you know, step up and do what they got to do. I mean, it's not that hard. They just need to get out of their own way. Yeah, I mean, I think if the Browns really want to do something this year, they're probably better off getting Kirk Cousins. Yeah, most likely. And then using their draft picks on some quality players, um, picking up a, you know at least one decent receiver and a free agency. Um, and if they if, if they can find the right players, obviously this goes for any team. But maybe they can turn it around next season. Um, although they always have high draft picks and never seem to really be able to get it, but. Um, I think if you're trading away those draft picks for a quarterback, then that's not a good move because then you're just – Deja vu. Yeah, you're screwing over that quarterback and you're screwing over your team because no matter how good a quarterback is, I mean, look at Wentz. Wentz is a great quarterback. Honestly, when I look at Wentz, I think of a mixture between Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning, you know, which is, you know, a dang good quarterback. But if you look at his rookie season – and the receivers he had, he couldn't do much with them. But then he got receivers this season, and look, he would have been MVP if he would have finished the season. Yeah, he would have been. So I think the Browns need to concentrate on that first. But, well, you know, that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to make a push to get Foles. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be either. I mean, we already have somebody in here trying to play uh, backseat GM. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, you know him. <laughs> that's all Allen is though he's like we need him for, for we need him either for the Browns or the Bills and it's like what are you mining for <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's funny I, I could have sworn I said something about that a few weeks ago and I was told no it wouldn't be a good move for them something along those lines uh, you still think they have hope in Tyrod oh no no I like Tyrod Taylor I really felt like he could be a good quarterback in this league but I don't think he's a good fit for the Bills anymore. I think if Tyrod Taylor is ever going to be a success in this league, which unfortunately for him, he may not get the opportunity, but I think that he would have to go to a team with an offensive-minded head coach. And the reason I say that is because if you look at a defensive-minded um, head coach as opposed to an offensive-minded head coach, normally, normally what you'll find – with a few exceptions, obviously the Patriots being an exception, is when a defensive-minded coach is out there, you're getting more out of your running backs than you are out of your quarterback. And when you, normally when you get an offensive-minded head coach, you see more decent quarterback play. Now, again, the Vikings are another team where that rule doesn't apply because <laughs> look at Case Keenum. Very true. But, then when you look at other teams, I mean, you look at the Jets, you look at, that might be a poor example, you look at the Jets and you look at the Bills and you look at, who else was it? Um, well, you know the Ravens' um, offensive core could use some work. You know, well, he was on the Ravens. Tyrod Taylor was on the Ravens before he was on the Bills. Mm. I don't know if that's what you were you were getting to. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's kind of seasoned now. You think maybe he could make a difference? I don't think they would re- replace Joe Flacco, especially not with Taylor. I don't mm, – like I said, I like Taylor, but he needs somebody that can work with him. I guess is what I'm getting at is he needs a head coach that can work with him. Mm. I think in some systems the reason why 
you know, a defensive-minded coach can have a good quarterback is normally when that quarterback is already that good. Taylor has potential, but he's not an exceptional quarter, exceptional, exceptional quarterback at this point in time. Mm-hmm. And your point about him being seasoned kind of hurts him a little bit. Because hey, hey, man, I'm trying to help, you know? I know, I know, I know what you're getting at. <laughs> what I mean is, um, him being seasoned is um, <laughs> not too good for a running quarterback. Yeah. Now, it still worked out for Michael Vick. You know, he was a running quarterback, and then he was out of the league, and then he came back, and he was coached under Reed, and you know, totally changed the way that he played the game. And he had a couple good seasons, and he. He did. Played, yeah, he played differently than he had before he left the NFL and was in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I heard what you said. <laughs> that was yeah. good, though. <laughs> I, I, look, let me tell you something. I'm all about people having second chances, and I think Michael Vick was one of those guys who made a big mistake, and I think he realized it. He realized it a little too late. That he did. And, uh, and he tried to make amends with it, and I believe that he deserved a second chance. And I am a pit bull owner, and I love my dog. And, and I'm saying this even as a pit bull owner. Like, I know people make mistakes, and sometimes you got to give them a second chance. And Michael Vick, to me, seemed very genuine, you know, with wanting to get his life straightened out. And I'm glad that he had that opportunity. You know, I know I'm kind of getting off topic, but no, no, you're fine. Uh, I just I, I look back at that and I'm like, that was good for the Eagles, given that opportunity. It was good for Reed to be that mentor for him. Exactly, and you know he had the right people that were willing to help him. You see what I'm saying? And sometimes that's all you really need. Yeah, like I guess that's my point though. Is if Taylor can find a team that can work with him, which he may not be able to, unfortunately, but if he can find one that needs a quarterback. And that can work with him. Hey, even maybe maybe even the Browns. I mean, Hugh Jackson may be able to work with him. And he's got to be willing to switch up his play style too. I mean, he is getting older as as we all are. So yeah, you know, you got to make that change too. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I like the Browns. I want to see them succeed. So hear me when I'm saying this. I know it sounds like I'm saying a lot of negative, but you know, I want to see the Browns really get this stuff together and. I hope they do that, and I hope next season they they pull something out of their butts and make it to the playoffs. And they should. I mean, they got... Okay, so you were talking about five teams to watch, correct? Yeah, but that's going to be on a whole other episode. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to Hey, I got to keep this show selling for about this year, son. <laughs> Okay, okay. And besides, it would be best if it, if we had, like, the, um, all four of us in the Cyclone crew in here doing it, because that would be one of our one-hour specials. Okay. All right, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up? All right. So, what non-Eagles player were you most impressed with this year? I was impressed with Julio. Yeah? Yeah. I was, um... Yeah, Julio Jones, man. He's, he's still pretty good, you know? Seen that his hit on straight. Doing what he needs to do for the Falcons. I was impressed by uh, Todd Gurley. He's, yeah, he's still pretty good. And then there's Jared Goff, too, you know, who decided to step up and be the quarterback that he is. Yeah. 
But I feel like his rookie season wasn't really his fault. No, it was more of a Jeff Fisher thing. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of quarterbacks and running backs, um, let me ask you this. Who did you feel like really got exposed for who they really are this year? Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> I mean, you know, shoot. Yeah, I felt like, um, and I don't really, even as an Eagles fan, I didn't really have a, a issue with them. I don't really, you know, have issues with any players. Um, but I will say that Dak Prescott, you know, he was so hyped up last season and understandably but once he didn't have Elliot he really did fall apart yeah I mean we could also make a case for the Giants too but then again the Giants were already falling apart due to the bad coaching system because I you know remember like um Odell Beckham got hurt so you know you gotta look at it that way yeah dude they lost their what top three receivers mm-hmm um yeah, they they lost their top three receivers, and you know that's always unfortunate. And then you know, um, and of course I'm I'm gonna go ahead and pull the NFC East in here because I mean, for obvious reasons, like you know, even Washington, you know, seemed to be on the verge of doing something, and then they implode it. You know, I don't know what it is about Washington right now. I know they have these playoff seasons, but they they still don't really seem. They don't ever really seem legit to me. Um, I don't. I, I guess what it is is they they always seem to get these mediocre quarterbacks mm-hmm. and buy way too much into them. Now, <clears throat> RG three was a different case because he, I believe, would have been a great quarterback. I mean, he was progressive at least. It's just that Shanahan didn't want him and made it obviously so painfully well, obvious. Yeah, not only did he not want him, but he killed the guy's career. Like, he really legit killed the guy's career. I remember watching that playoff game and thinking to myself, why is he out there? You see his leg flapping around, and my first thought is, this guy's career is over. Yep. You killed this guy's career. Like, that was one of the ugliest things I think I've ever seen in football. It was one of the saddest moments I remember him coming out of of college and thinking, wow, I don't want to have to face this guy for the next 10 years, you know. And then that happened, and I'm like, I didn't know how to feel. As an Eagles fan, I didn't know how to feel because I'm, I'm feeling for the guy. I'm like, this guy was, was good. He was going to be good, and this just – I mean, I heard later on that there was some character flaws with him and that there was – you know, he was getting special treatment and whatnot, but but they did it in that game. Well, they did him dirty, and I mean, to be expected, he was kind of a freshman quarterback at the time, so, you know, for some people, they kind of have that thing to be expected. You know, I mean, I know Wentz didn't do anything like that, but, you know, you got to be mindful of that from time to time. Yeah. I mean, if you really want to look at somebody that destroyed themselves based on stupid decision, and I know Al's not here, but even if he was, he's going to have to take it. Johnny Football himself. Yeah, that was another one. Um, you know, that one, obviously, for RG3, it wasn't really his fault. Uh, for right. for Johnny Manziel, it's a different story. Yep. It's like two sides of the same coin. 
both young progressive quarterbacks. One had the coach destroy his career, and the other one, well, he destroyed his career. But here's the, here's another thing, though, too, is, you know, Johnny Manziel was a partier, which is why a lot of teams stayed away from him. Yep. And he had already had that hype about him. Uh, one of the things, though, that I think a lot of people kind of overlooked was in his college playing career, mm-hmm. he, he looked good, but he was making plays that you could really only make and, make and get away with in college. Because it doesn't translate to the pros. I mean, you look at Tim Tebow. I liked Tim Tebow. You know, I was a fan of Tim Tebow, partially because, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty religious person. I thought he had a great message. He did. But his, his game just never really uh, translated to the NFL, though. You know, and, you know, he was a running quarterback, and for some reason he was just not very accurate. Now, with Manziel... You know, he was lucky. He was able to throw the ball up, and he had receivers like Mike Evans to go get it. You know, you can get away with that in the college ranks. That's in the NFL, true. you can do that, and it's going to get intercepted. You're going to get torn up. It's just what it is. Now, he could have been good if he had the right coaching, mm-hmm. but he didn't. He didn't have the right coaching. Nobody worked on his mechanics. And he may not have ever really been an elite quarterback like people would hope he would be. And I remember when the Browns were reaching for that, too. They were like, hey, activate him. Come on, Patin. No, it's Patton. Patton. Come on, Patton. Get him active. Come on, let's do this. Let's do this. And then they finally did it. And, well, I mean, the guy could ball, but it's just his off-field activities caught up with him. So, you know. Uh, There's a lot uh, of history about people that go ahead and do that sort of thing. So. Uh, but we got a lot to look forward to on more episodes, my brother. Yeah, there's still so much more I want to talk about the NFL. It's just, uh, I love talking football. Hey, there's nothing uh, wrong with it. But I understand that we only have so much time in the show. Yeah. So I will keep my thoughts until next season. Well, no, you can keep your thoughts until next episode. The sky's the limit for this series. I'm assuming we're coming to an end here. Can I just do uh, the chant real quick? Do you mind? By all means, man. Are you going to do it with me? You want me to? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. I'll count down, all right? All right. Three, two, one. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles! All right, man. You have a good night, all right? Good, man. Yeah, thanks. Well, you've made it back from the time warp. Soon enough, some of y'all are probably feeling that Kyle Reese syndrome, huh? Don't worry about it, though. We got more episodes coming, and they will be fresh, and soon enough, like, we're just switching our bases a little bit. You know, basketball's gonna get center stage, and then football is gonna get, you know, it's center stage, too. We're, we're working it out. You know, just like we did when we started the series. But I want to thank all of you for coming in today and listening to us enjoy ourselves, and me and Mark held it down, didn't we? So we got plenty of things to look forward to from here on out as we make it through, you know, off season and basketball is going to be wrapping up. Now some of y'all are probably wondering if we're covering baseball. Most likely, we just won't be doing it the way that anybody else would be doing it. You know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll let you know how it goes as we develop. But until then, though, on behalf of the Cyclone crew, this is Jay signing off. <laughs>